Hi, I'm Peggy. And I'm Dave. And this is Amped. Hey, Dave, how are you today? I'm great. How are you doing, Peggy? I am doing well. We are home from Ohio. I'm thoroughly enjoying the air conditioning. I actually have the fan on as well, just for good measure, because I can. And uh, settling into summer. What about you? Um, I, I spent uh, July 4th weekends sort of splitting time at different places, but had a very nice weekend. Um, I have a question to ask you. Do, do you and Scott have different temperature tolerances? Or are you kind of the same? Do you feel temperature the same way? Um, so I think we feel heat the same way. I definitely feel cold more than he does. Like winter-wise, like I'm affected more by the cold than he is. But we both, you know, when it's hot, we both want to just hibernate in a cave. Okay. Because Kara is always freezing, just freezing, no matter what the temperature. Like we, we can go out to restaurants that are outside and she brings a sweater with her. Okay. In 90 degrees because she's always cold. Yeah. And so I love the fact that my house is air conditioned and it is, and we only have one zone in our house for upstairs and downstairs. It's an older house. But we do have air conditioning. But as a result, we have to the 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 main the main thermostat that governs everything is upstairs, and so we get this great level of cold upstairs. And Kara comes upstairs every night and complains about how cold it is, and starts layering up and says that her jaw hurts because she's shaking so much. Ooh. And I'm like sleeping on top of the sheets, right, in shorts. Right, I'm like it's great. Yeah. This is a problem. It would be. Well, I mean, so I always lend towards you can always bundle up, but it's a lot, you know, that's socially appropriate to strip down. So, yeah. I'm sorry. I agree. No, we're, I we're agree both, when it's hot, we're both equally miserable. So I do tend to, when in the winter, I bundle up more and, you know, am curled up in multiple electric blankets and heated throws and all kinds of stuff, whereas he's perfectly fine. Yeah. Okay. I was just checking. All right. Apropos of nothing. There you go. It is. It. It. I don't think it's a female thing. So, although I'm, I'm a bigger girl than Kara, is, so I have more, you know, more insulation. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I think she's just always cold. Okay. Go with that then. <laughs> Which has absolutely nothing like to, talk about to do week, with Peggy? our topic today. What's that, Dave? I'm sorry, you and I are having a little bit of breakup here, but I was asking, what would you like to talk about this week? I was just leading into that. Um, I was trying to come up with a good segue, but I really can't come up with one. So today, because it's summertime, uh, you know, July is kicking off. A lot of parents and a lot of people on their network are starting to send their kiddos to camp. Um, and today we're going to talk about how to prepare to send your child with limb loss, limb difference to camp. Um, both either day camp or sleepaway camp. Dave, did you ever, were you a, a sleepaway camp kid? Once okay. for one week soccer camp. How old were you? I was in, geez, that's a good question. I think I was in seventh grade. That's I, I went to one sleepaway camp as well, and it was in seventh grade. It was a softball camp. So, I hated it. Yeah, I um. I I don't really remember feeling strongly one way or the other. So, and I never went back. So I'm assuming it wasn't, you know, overwhelmingly favorable. But um 
I just remember going, my parents kept the letters for years that I wrote them <laughs> from camp telling them basically how they'd ruined my life and how unhappy I was. And I actually had a great time at, by the end of the week, but the first four days were miserable. That's funny. Sorry. <laughs> no, it was funny. Do you still have the letters? Like, Maybe we could, you could do a, you know, a interpretive reading sometime for our listeners. If the letters are anywhere, they're sitting, they're sitting in a box somewhere in Connecticut at my dad's house. I have not seen them, but they were very melodramatic. Oh, I'm sure. As only kids yeah. can be. Um, so we're not going to be covering that in today's podcast. Uh, but what we do want to remind people is that the requirements that you have for your child for school, especially as it pertains to the IEP, that, that you may have developed to kind of make the accommodations and necessary information for all of the caregivers at school does not follow over to camps. So in this podcast, we're going to talk about how you can minimize the uncertainty and get comfortable with the idea that your child's needs are going to be met at the camp. We're going to talk about ways that you can prevent unanticipated prosthetic issues and we're going to go over a little bit what regulations and laws do do and do not apply to in terms of summer camps. Sounds good, Peggy. Love the topic. All right. Um, so the first thing, you know, if if your child is kind of evaluating going to a summer camp, whether or not it's sleep away or a day camp, you really need to make sure that you research the camp before you make that financial commitment. That, when you have a child with limb loss, limb difference, is going to involve calling up the camp and speaking with the administrators of the camp, speaking with the counselors that are going to be there serving your child at the camp ahead of time. You need to make sure that the camp is both appropriate for your child and that your child's, you're going to be sending your child to an environment where they're going to be wanted. The last thing I think as a parent you want to do, Dave, is send your child into a situation where people obviously don't want to deal with them or don't want the challenges that may or may not come when you're dealing with limb loss. Yeah, that'll be a horror show because you'll end up with this mismatch of expectations and your kid's going to be be the one caught in the middle. Exactly. And, you know, I really, I believe in the goodness of people. I think that most people, you know, will bend over backwards to help, to help, you know, kids with limb loss, limb difference, but you need to make sure that they are aware of the needs that your child has and kind of, so at both sides have the correct expectations of what this camp experience is going to be like before you shell out the money. It's a lot easier to get the answers ahead of time than to have paid and then find out that it's not appropriate, that they're not welcome, that it's you know completely not what you thought it was going to be for your child and trying to get money back on the other end. Completely agree, Peggy. It's a really good point. When you're talking to the administrators or the counselors, you want to make sure that you take very detailed notes. You want to find out What's my child's day going to look like? What types of activities are you going to be doing? Are there going to be water sports involved? Are there going to be hiking? Is there going to be propelling, rock climbing, zip lining? All of those activities are going to impact your child's prosthetic needs for that week or however long they're going to be away. Um, if your child is old enough, you want to talk to him or her about those activities and make sure that that's something that they want to do. 
um, you know, the last thing you want to do is send your child to a camp, you know, that's an outdoorsy, you know, in the woods, sleeping in a tent, eating grass type stuff when they really want to go to the Holiday Inn and, you know, lounge by a pool with room service. See, what? I like the, I like eating grass. I've never I've not heard that at a camp, but that seems like a not very fun camp. At this camp, we will eat grass. Well, uh, OK. <laughs> no, I, I got that. I'm breaking. Your All right. I just liked the phrase. It was really funny. All right. But you're absolutely right. The gap between the gap between the child's expectations. If you've got a kid who really, you know, wants to go and, and go to a gaming camp. Uh, like an electronic gaming camp as opposed to a kid who wants to go and zip line someplace. Those are two very different experiences. Exactly. A gaming camp, though, I, I when you said that, I perked up because I know my 13-year-old would love a gaming camp. Um, I'm sure they exist. I'm sure they do. He's not going, but I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to go eat grass. That's right. Now, he doesn't have to go to a camp for that. We have a whole yard full. He can go out and be rough and tumble uh, out there. Um, yeah. So after you after you talk with the administrators, you decide that this is what you want to do. You want to take your detailed notes, take the activities that your child is going to be doing with you to your to the child's prosthetist. Yes, I really think that this is a time that you need to set up an appointment, actually take your child in. You want to make sure that the prosthetic device or devices that he or she is going to camp with are in good working order are in good condition, that they have all of the supplies that they're going to be needing. Um, you know, make the list yourself of, you know, I think that they're going to need two liners and socks and lotions and whatever. Let your prosthetist have a look at the list. You know, they, they've seen a lot of kids go to camp over the decades, I'm sure. They're going to have a lot of experience on what else needs to be packed that maybe isn't even on your radar. So this is a time that you really want to have that open dialogue with your prosthetist. What activities are they going to be doing? How can we accommodate for this? How can we make adaptations for zip lining, rock climbing, whatever the activity will be? What can I do to make sure that my child is going to be successful? This is a perfect time to have that conversation. Yeah, and I'll just reiterate. I mean, I know having worked at a prosthetist office before, um, and, and seeing people come in and ask these types of questions, prosthetists really do just over time accumulate a, a body of knowledge that no parent, no matter you know how long you've, you've been doing it, probably has. And um, they, they have lots of tips, tricks, shortcuts, hacks that can be incredibly helpful, particularly when you're dealing with these types of situations. So the best thing you can do is bring it to the prosthetist's attention and start the dialogue. Um, and again, don't forget the list of activities, because if you're talking about, you know, a computer coding camp versus the great outdoors, you're going to be talking about two completely different sets of criteria for your prosthetic needs. Um, and then kind of leading to what we were talking about at the very beginning of the podcast, summer is hot. Um, I, I tend to overestimate my needs when it comes to, you know, liners and hygiene and that sort of thing in the summer when I'm packing. 
just because I know that I'm going to be sweating a lot. Um, if I go in the pool, then I need to swap out, swap out liners, swap out components, things like that. You want to make sure that you're setting your child up for success. The last thing you want to do is for your child to develop sores or abrasions or something like that because they didn't have the supplies that they needed to, to compensate for the heat. Um, if your child is old enough, make sure that they know how to do basic repairs. How do you change your foot? How do you, you know, tighten the screws if you need to? Whatever it may be, have your prosthetist go over it with your child as well. Yeah. And going back to my favorite topic, which is summer and heat, I, I will say, Peggy, you know, especially depending on the age of your child, you know, I know firsthand that standing in a socket full of sweat sucks. It's just, it's not comfortable. It feels gross. But kids, you know, may not be willing to voice that or just will sort of ignore it. That may not be the best thing for them to be doing. So really sitting down and having that hygiene discussion with them and making sure that they know it's okay to, to you know, if they need to go to a restroom and pull their leg off, take the liner out, dry it off, redon. It's it's a much more comfortable and and uh, pleasant experience to be in uh, a prosthesis that is comfortable uh, and where your leg isn't swimming in you know a quarter inch to half an inch of your own sweat. Um, but kids may not you know they just not, may not be comfortable saying that doing that on their own if you don't give them the authority to do so. Exactly, and that's also a time where speaking with their counselor. Um, when they get checked in, just making sure, you know, you don't want to be the helicopter parent, but you still want to be the parent who is an advocate for your child and remind the counselor, you know, when he's outside, he or she is outside and it's very hot or they're doing a lot of physical things. There may be times that he needs to do these, these different hygiene things. He may need to, to empty the sweat from his liner. He may need to, you know, put lotion on, whatever it is, make sure that you mention it so that when you leave, it's at least in the counselor's, you know, mind somewhere. Yeah. And just, you know, I mean, every parent I'm pretty sure nowadays is telling counselors, hey, please make sure my kid applies and reapplies sunscreen. And this is no different. This is just, hey, when, you know, when you ask them to reapply sunscreen every hour and a half, two hours, make sure that, you know, the leg's okay. And if he wants to go and she wants to go and clean out the clean out the liner and socket they have the opportunity to do that right and that kind of leads very nicely into the understand your rights um you can ask the counselors to do that all you want they're under no obligation to do it um unlike the individual education plans from schools which spell out what the school system must provide what uh, what accommodations they must do um and that sort of thing those don't apply to summer camps Yes, summer camps still have to comply with all applicable ADA provisions, but that's a completely different beast than making sure that the accommodations are provided and that they're adjusting the curriculum or the activities or even the gentle reminders and nudges. And, you know, don't forget to clean your liner, John. They don't have to do that. So make sure when you are sending your child to camp that you know that the that you should not have those expectations for care for your child. That if you find a camp where a counselor is willing to do that, those extra steps, it's fantastic. 
Um, and again, I really think that most people, especially camp counselors, are there because they want to be there because they love the kids, they love the program, they believe in what they're doing. They probably will go that extra step to help us out, but this not required. Yeah, really good point. And again, Peggy, this is where communication is key beforehand, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to make sure that um, you don't want any surprises the day of camp drop-off, right? I mean, it's going to be a crazy, chaotic, hectic time anyway. Your child may be crying. You may be crying. Dad may be crying. You know, little brother could be doing a handstand because they're getting rid of the older sibling for a while. Whatever it is, there's going to be a lot of emotions. There's a lot of kids checking in, checking out that sort of thing, you want to make sure that you have these conversations as much as you can beforehand so that you don't have those surprises. Um, You want to make sure that you have expectations set for both sides. Honestly, Dave, if your child is old enough to be going to these camps, they should be old enough to be able to self-advocate at least a little bit. So have those conversations with your child ahead of time. You know, remind them, yes, I'm going to talk to the counselors, but it's on you as well. If you are starting to feel uncomfortable or you feel like you're getting a pinch cut or you need to change your device or you need to rest, you need to speak up. It's okay. I set the stage for you to be able to do that, but you also need to to be an active participant and communicate for yourself as well. Yep. Really well said, Peggy. All right. Um, Summary. First things first, you really want to do your homework. You want to make sure that the camp is appropriate for your child. You want to make sure that your child wants to go to that camp. You want to make sure that you're sending them to a camp where they're going to be successful. And you want to make sure that you're sending them to a camp where they will not only be safe, but they will be wanted. They will not feel excluded because of their limb loss, limb difference, and that you're working with people who are willing to work with you to make sure that your child has a fantastic camp experience. Yep. Um, Second thing, and I think that this one is often kind of brushed aside by parents, um, and I, I can't stress the importance of it. You really want to incorporate your prosthetist into your pre-camp planning process. Sit down with your prosthetist with a list of activities. Talk about what the normal day is going to be like. Talk about your concerns. Talk about, you know, this is what we were thinking about packing. Is there anything else that you would recommend? Um, And we didn't put this in the notes, Dave, but I would also include the prosthetist number in case there is a malfunction or something like that at camp. They're able to get in touch with somebody. Yeah, that's a really good point, Peggy. Really important. Um, And you also want to make sure that you completely understand that camps are not the same as schools. They do your IEP and your accommodations that you're getting through the public school system are not applicable to private day camps or private sleepover camps. Um, You know, it has to be ADA compliant. That's it. So make sure that you know that and make sure that you have your expectations framed because you can't go in there demanding, you know, a whole list of things um, with the expectation that they have to do it because they don't. And we don't have this on the notes, Dave, but I think it's worth reminding. We, We talk about this a lot when we're talking about dealing with TSA and things like that. I think the same applies with camp counselors or, or even teachers or anybody who is in an authoritative role to be able to help you in a situation. Kindness goes a really long way. 
if you go in and approach the camp counselors, you know, ex- admit that you're nervous, remain kind, remain appreciative of the help that they are offering. I think that your child is going to benefit and ultimately you will benefit um, from your kindness rather than kind of going in as a shark and demanding and putting your foot down before you have to. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone know everyone knows the story of the parent who comes in and just tries to sort of hijack every process and the reputation that those parents develop very quickly within school systems, within camps, within baseball teams, any kids sports, you know, it, everyone knows that parent and has seen that parent. And, Don't be that. And parent. it does trickle down to the kids. I mean, I, I used to be a teacher. I can tell you it does. I mean, you try to separate as much as you can, but I used to get kids on my roster and it was the child was perfectly delightful, but I hated working with them because I knew I was going to have to work with mom. Yep. Yep. <laughs> isn't that isn't that just the way of the world? <laughs> Parents, you know, we can screw up our kids' lives in so many ways. That's just another way exactly. to do it. Exactly. Multi-talented. So. <laughs> Right. Peggy, thanks for identifying this topic. This is a really good one. I'm glad. I'm so, glad yeah, I'm excited. It. I'm excited, you know, as some of our our Amped Army parents are sending their kids off to camp. Um, you know, I hope that this information helps. And if you want to join the discussion, it's at ampedlife.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, Peggy. All right. Have a good week. Stay cool. I will. Thanks, Peggy. Take care. Bye. Bye.